right, all right. Well, I'm excited. Uh, I'm, we're going to be sharing today, me and my lovely wife, Pastor Michelle. So if you would give her a warm welcome as we come and give you the word today. Well, joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. Amen. Our blessing, we love to share our blessing for today. And of course, our blessing today is he is risen. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I feel like we've already had church here. <laughs> Pastor Marlin, he's a little extra this morning. I was a little yeah. extra. I'm sorry. He's, he's awesome, right? <laughs> I love it. Okay, declaration. Try and stay, get back on track. Yes. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4.16. If you're visiting today, we just the, the declaration is a scripture that you make personal. It helps us memorize scripture, and it also helps grow your faith as you put yourself in that scripture. So that's why we do that every day. Amen? I mean, every sun, Sunday. Although we should be doing it every day, too. Amen. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, your, your presence is so evident in this place, God. And we pray, Lord, that you continue to have your way. Father God, I pray that your word would be just shared and, and, and spoken clearly with, uh, with love, confidence. And I pray, Lord, that it, it just sinks into the spirit of each and every person here, Lord, that they would be blessed and filled with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, last week, uh, Pastor Michelle shared a message with us about our uh, birthrights as children of God. Um, today, what we want to do is we want to talk to you about your citizenship, about our citizenship. So let's go to uh, Philippians 3.20. And it says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, although we we're citizens of the United States, we have a higher citizenship, and we're really only aliens here on earth. Yeah. And that's because he has risen. He has risen. Amen. So we have rights, we have responsibilities as citizens of the United States, but we also have rights and responsibilities as citizens of heaven. And so we want to just talk about a couple of those rights and responsibilities right now. Share some comparisons, okay? So first, as a citizen of the United States, um, a U.S. citizen generally gets priority when petitioning to bring family members permanently to this country. As a citizen of heaven... We get priority when petitioning heaven to bring family members to Jesus. Okay, okay. Traveling with a passport. U.S. citizenship allows you to get assistance from the U.S. government when outside the United States. Our heavenly citizenship gives us assistance when we're here on earth. The Holy Spirit serves as your passport. I like that one. That was one of my favorites. As a U.S. citizen, you have the right to be given a fair trial by jury, which I can't even say without laughing. Every time I say this, I can't stop laughing. But oh, the pins on here. 
No. Yeah. We're supposed to <laughs> have a it. right Let's to a spiritual. fair trial by a jury. <laughs> I mean, we're going to keep it spiritual, okay? Uh, <laughs> as a citizen of heaven, you have the right to go to the mercy seat of one judge, your heavenly father, who has already forgiven you. Responsibilities of a U.S. citizen. U.S. citizenship, you're responsible to give up all prior allegiances to any other nation or sovereignty. As a citizen of heaven, you're required to give up all prior allegiances to any other God. Exodus 23 says, you shall have no other gods before me. U.S. citizen, it is, it's uh, your responsibility to support and defend the Constitution and the laws of the United States. As a citizen of heaven, you are to support and defend the word of God. That is Amen. right here. Amen. As a citizen of the United States, you have a responsibility to serve the country when required. As a citizen of heaven, you are required to serve, period. <laughs> Our question to you today is, are you living more under the authority of your U.S. citizenship or under your heavenly citizenship? Paul makes it very clear in the word of God that we are citizens of heaven and only temporary assignment here on earth. Look at Ephesians 2.19, and I just love the way the voice translation makes this so powerful and clear. And so you are no longer called outcasts and wanderers, but citizens with God's people, members of God's holy family, and residents of his household. Come on. Somebody's got to say amen there. <laughs> so do you know your rights? Do you know your responsibilities? We want to talk to you today about a couple that spoke to us this week. Amen. So first right that spoke to us, first right responsibility that spoke to us this week was peace. Peace. Before Jesus went to the cross, he sat with his 12 disciples. These were 12 young men that he had spent the last three years of his life together. I mean, this was his inner circle of guys, right? Now, he knew that he was about to leave them. He knew that he was going to be crucified. He knew that he was going to rise uh, from the grave and ascend into heaven. He also knew that they were going to have to go on to this journey without him, without his physical presence. And so he knew he'd be absent physically. And so what he did was he left them with this, with this promise or this right. And it's found in John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What Jesus was saying there was he was saying, don't worry. Listen, I, don't worry, I won't be here. But I'm going to leave you something that this world cannot give you. This world cannot give you, and it is peace. The peace that this world tries to offer us, this, uh, it's, it's escapism. You hear me? It's escapism. The devil wants you to believe that the only time you can get to receive true peace is in the absence of conflict. You hear me? In the absence of conflict. But that's not our reality, right? 
that's not our reality. Our reality is that we have to deal with other human beings that share space on this big ball of dirt with us, and a lot of them have a ministry of making you miserable. <laughs> right? There's some of them who are anointed to get on your nerves. <laughs> but that's real. Right? But our reality, that's not our reality. You know, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, there's somebody that you know right now that, that just gets on your nerves. And if you can't think of that person, it might be you. <laughs> With that anointing. <laughs> but Jesus didn't say we'd find peace in the absence of conflict. As a matter of fact, he told us that we'd always have trials, we'd always have sorrows in this world. But he also said to be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He said, be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. I've overcome the world, right? So that just means that when we abide in him, when we abide in Jesus, he gives us the right to his peace. And pay attention to what Jesus said here in this verse. He said, he said peace I give you. But then he doubles down, right? He says, my peace. My peace I give you. Jesus, he's talking about a completely different kind of peace here. Right? He's talking about a shalom kind of peace here. Uh, uh, in Hebrew, that, just, that's, that means harmony or wholeness or completeness or, or prosperity. It's a holistic kind of peace. You understand? It's physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's a social kind of peace. Like his kind of peace is the peace that can fall asleep on a boat in the middle of a storm. You hear me? That's his kind of peace. His kind of peace is the kind of peace that causes you to sit calmly and dine in the presence of your enemies. That's the kind of peace that Jesus is offering you. He's offering you the kind of peace that you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. This is the kind of peace that Jesus is offering you today. Somebody should raise up the name of Jesus because you have that kind of peace in your heart today. This is the peace that he's offering you. Jesus is saying, my peace isn't in the absence of conflict. My peace is in the middle of the conflict. My peace is walking you through the conflict. Can anybody use that kind of peace today? Listen, if you can't use your peace tonight, pray it to me. I'll take it. I can use your peace. Jesus gave his disciples. He gave it to his disciples. So that means that he gave it to us. He gave it to you when you accepted him into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. That's when you receive this peace. This isn't a peace that we need to beg for. It was will to you. So it's your right to be at peace. But it's only possible, it's only possible when you have a personal relationship with him. That's when you have this peace. The world doesn't have this right. Right? The world finds their peace in their, uh, in their circumstances. Yeah, the world finds their peace when they have enough money in their bank account. The world finds their peace when, when they, have, they have the right relationship. That's when the world finds their peace. The world finds their peace when, when they got the right job. You know, that's when they're at peace. But Jesus has given us an eternal peace that never fails and never quits on us. And this is why Paul was able to sit chained up in a prison, locked up, able to say that God's peace is something that we can't grasp, that we can't even humanly understand, right? It's that kind of peace, and I hope you've experienced this kind of peace. When Pastor Michelle and I, the first couple of months that we were married, <laughs> I, remember, 
I remember thinking, we had, our, we had our ups, we had our downs like any other relationship, you know, we, we had our storms. And I remember some, like looking at her sometimes and I thought, this can't be real. Like, nobody is that happy all the time. Nobody's that contempt all the time, no matter what we're going through, right? And I was just like, something's got to be wrong here. Like, it's been peaceful for an entire week. Like, shouldn't we be arguing or something right now? Right? But, but it was because I had, been, I had been so damaged by this world. I had been used to so much chaos in life that when I finally experienced peace, it was weird to me. It, it was strange to me, right? Like, I, had to, I was looking for stuff just to argue about. Like, I would walk in the room and be like, who bought that wallflower? That thing stinks. Anybody, nobody knows he what really a wallflower did that. is. Huh? <laughs> I'm making noise about a wallflower, right? But listen, guys, don't disturb the peace, right? Endeavor Amen. to keep the peace in your house, right? Like, how many of you know that as a citizen of heaven, as a citizen of heaven, peace should be your normal condition? It should be your normal condition because we are created in the image of the king of peace. It should be your normal condition. But a lot of us have lived in so much conflict for so many years that it's, that's abnormal to us. Peace is actually abnormal to us. It isn't until you, you, you desire to know the person of Jesus. It isn't until you experience it. And it isn't until you get into the Word of God every single day and begin to apply it to your life, like practice every single day, getting up and getting in the face of Jesus, getting in His Word every single day. It isn't until then that you begin to start seriously pursue and enjoy this supernatural peace that belongs to you. We have to get up every day and make a decision every single day to trust God in all areas of your life. When you refuse, when you refuse to hand over everything in your life to God, what you do is you forfeit his peace. You understand? What our lives usually end up looking like is they look like this right here. They look like all these balls right here. And what we tend to do, the reason we aren't at peace is because you don't trust God. You don't trust him. You want to be in control. I want to be in control. And so we don't trust him. And so what I do is I say, man, Jesus, look, I mean, my money. I mean, I don't tithe right now. I don't tithe my full 10% because I ain't really got it right now. As soon as I get my bank account right, then I'll tithe my whole 10%, you know. And God, I don't know. I mean, my ma- oh, yeah, this is my marriage. I mean, things are all right. They okay. They all right. I mean, I ain't, they ain't the best, but when we need you, we'll call you. When we need you, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you, you know. Oh, man. They're my boys right there. These are the boys right here, you know what I mean? Like, I've been hanging out with them since high school, and I don't really do all the stuff they do. You know, I don't do every, everything. I just do everything, right? <laughs> I don't do all of them. What is this? Oh, man. I only do this just to kind of relax, to chill. You know what I mean? So I only smoke and drink sometimes. Right? I don't know. What is that right there? Oh. Oh. 
What did I say? Oh, that's my thing thing. That's just my thing thing. Oh, you know, you know that. I only do that like on weekends, right? I only do that on weekends. But see, the problem is you're trying to control all of this and you're trying to hold on to all this, but all this stuff is connected. So when one of these things lets you down, it's going to affect the other thing. Whenever your money ain't right, your marriage is going to be affected, right? And when you call up your boys to hang out, they're just going to support your addiction, right? And your thing thing, you should have never had that from, from the gift side, from the jump. You should have never had it. What happens is all these things that are built on sand will eventually give up on you, and you will experience restless nights, sleepless nights, restless days. And, and, and when you are looking for that little bit of peace that you need, you can't hold You, you don't know where to, to, to get it. You don't know where to find it. You can't, you can't hold on to it, right? But Jesus says, come to me. I think it was Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. But you, what you have to do is you have to lay all of this down. you got to lay all of that down in order to hold on to the peace of Jesus. You can't hold on to those things and have the peace of Jesus. He won't share space with all of your worry and all of your problems. He'll take it from you. He'll take it from you, but he won't share space with it. Do you hear me? You have to get to a place where you are completely trusting in God in all that he does. Everything, right? I mean, right in the middle of all of your troubles, all of your problems, you have to understand that God is in control and he wants to give you complete rest and complete peace. Amen? Amen. We aren't in control. He is. Psalm 103, 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. It doesn't just rule over one third. It rules over all. But you will not experience the peace of God until you release all of the junk in your life and hand it over to him. Lay it all down to Jesus. That's when you experience the supernatural peace. If you believe that God is in control over all things, you have the right to be peaceful, knowing that he's working everything out for your good. Amen? Like the end result of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is peace. But while we enjoy those rights, we also, or I'm sorry, we can't take up citizenship without the responsibilities. Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. We have a right to his peace, but as ambassadors, we also have a responsibility to create and to keep the peace. The Bible tells us to put on the whole armor of God each morning. But notice that part of that armor is the shoes of peace. And I believe that God chose our feet for peace because it's our responsibility that wherever we go, we have to choose to stay in peace. You never know where, you, where he's going to take you. You never know who he's going to place in front of you. But you may be the only Jesus that that person meets. So it is your responsibility to keep that peace. It's your responsibility to create the peace. I believe when he puts us in these situations, we have the ability then to, for the scales to be removed from our eyes, for us to see this hurting world through our heavenly lenses. And when we have that ability, it becomes our responsibility to become the peace for those people around us. 
We're ambassadors at large for the kingdom, and it becomes our responsibility to petition heaven, not just for our own lives, not for just our, our own kids' lives, but for everybody that we touch. We become peace. Amen? Amen? So as citizens of heaven, we have the right and the responsibility to peace in your life. And then the next one is righteousness. Try to say that a lot straight in a row. Righteousness. And before I say what righteousness is, I want you to know what it's not. And righteousness is not self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is when you feel that you are good, honorable, and the more that you do, you look down on others who you feel are less maybe less spiritual. Jesus shared a parable in the Bible of the Pharisee and the tax collector. He said these two men went to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee said, God, I thank you that I am not like these other men. I am not a slanderer. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not even like this tax collector. But the tax collector He couldn't even lift his head, but he kept his head bowed and and, and just hitting his chest because he was just so broken, knowing that he was so undeserving. And he said, God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you that that man went home justified, and the first one didn't. Because he who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. And there's one key word that I love that the Amplified says in that scripture, where the, where the tax collector said, God have mercy on me, for I am the sinner. That one word is so powerful because, see, you're not a sinner. You are the sinner. Right? You are the sinner because you can't lump yourself with everyone else. You cannot group yourself with the others. You cannot compare yourself and say, well, they're just as bad as I am because guess what? We're not going to heaven two by two. That's right. Okay? You're responsible for yourself. You're responsible to compare yourself to Jesus who is the standard. That's good. Right? That's good. What is righteousness? What is righteousness or being righteous? Righteousness is right standing with God. Being righteous is intentionally doing right. Intentionally doing right. Your righteous actions produce positive results of a sound relationship with God. And God's character is the source of righteousness. So to sum it all up, just doing right in the eyes of God makes you righteous. God is righteous. Look at Psalm 145.17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. He's righteous in all of his ways. He's perfect. He's holy in everything, in every way. Yeah. Zephaniah 3.5, the Lord within her is righteous. He's talking about Israel there. So like the Lord within Israel is righteous. He does no wrong. Amen. God is incapable of doing wrong. He is righteous. So how can we be made righteous? Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he, God, made him, Jesus, 
who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So God made Jesus, his son, who was perfect, holy, righteous, blameless, spotless, take on all of our junk, all of our wrongs, all of our sin, put it on himself, because that is the only way that you and I can stand before a holy God. Yeah, yeah. Romans 3.22. So this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Mm -hmm. It's given to us. If you believe that today, over 2,000 years ago, that Jesus rose from the dead as the Son of God and the Son of Man, and you believe that you are a son or daughter, you are a citizen of heaven and made righteous before the Lord, you get to come face to face. Yeah, yeah, praise God. And that takes us to our rights. So now that you know that you have been made righteous, what are your rights? What are your citizenship rights to come face to face with God Almighty, with the holy and righteous God? So good. Sending Jesus to die for our sins was God's amazing love for us. Was his amazing love for us. And his solution, think about this, and his solution on how he could be a just God because sin had to be punished. Remember, he's righteous and holy. He's perfect. He can't stand in front and before sin. So it was his amazing plan to where he could remain just and punish sin and justify us and call us righteous. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. These two things are absolutely necessary in order for you and I to stand before God. Yep. To stand in the presence of a holy and righteous God. God is solely good. He is incapable of doing wrong. He is righteous, and he has made us righteous before him. We have the right to an unbreakable relationship and presence with God Almighty. Amen? Amen. Okay, Amen. I, I want to I demonstrate what this looks like because it's so powerful. So if, if Pastor Marlon was... God. Okay. And, and Pastor Ron was Jesus. I just want you to see this because you got to get this visual on how powerful God's love and his plan was for us. And Pastor Monica, okay, and, and I'm, a, I'm a big, you know, um, Disney, you know, um, princess kind of girl. So we're going to say this is actually, this is also like, picture Cinderella, okay? So this is the king in the kingdom. And this is the prince of peace. Right? Prince Charming. And, and, and this is the one who doesn't know yet. Okay, so we're, she's Cinderella because she doesn't know her rights yet. Okay? And, and you, young man, can you come here for a second? Okay, I'm sorry. Please don't take this personally. But you're going um, you're, you're to be the evil stepmother slash uh, Satan just for a moment. Just for a moment, okay? Okay? And then you and I, we're the disciples because we're the ones who know the truth, right? So we're like, we're like the fairy godmothers, right? That we need to go out and tell them that don't know the truth, right? Because all she's been fed is that you're not worthy. You're not worthy. You're not worthy. You're, you're just rags. You're not worthy. You can't go to the ball. You can't go with the Prince of Peace. You can't go to the kingdom because you're not worthy. 
But when we come and tell her the truth, oh, see, the prince wants you. He wants to tell you he died for you. He loves you. He's, he came to sacrifice for you. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are beauty. You are beauty, right? So when you speak the truth to those that don't know the truth, then the Prince of Peace can take her by the hand because now she's been made righteous and she can stand before the King of Kings in the kingdom, right? Because he is holy. So only those that are righteous can stand before him. Yes. <laughs> And one more best part of that is once you're forgiven, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. He died for past, present, and future. He's not doing it again. That's right. <laughs> he doesn't need to do it again. Amen? Amen? You can't be tried again. You can't be judged again. You can't be condemned again by anyone here on earth, earth or under. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Our next right. Look at 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. His eyes and his ears are on you. God sees you. So the next time you think you're invisible, and you think that nobody sees you, or maybe nobody cares, there's proof right there. You go back to the scripture and say, that's a lie, Satan, because God sees me. God sees me, and he hears you. He hears your prayers. He, like Pastor Marlon said a couple of weeks ago, he inclines to you because you are righteous. We do have responsibilities. We do have responsibilities. Our responsibility is to practice and grow in righteousness. Did you know that? That you can actually grow and practice it. Look at 1 John 2.29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. You have to practice it. The more that you practice right living, the more that it becomes the norm for you. Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9.10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So as you practice right living, you are growing. You are growing in it. And like I said, it becomes more of the norm for you. We are responsible to wear it, to bear it, and to grow it. It's not always easy, and I'm, I'm going to be transparent today because it is Resurrection Sunday, and you all can't judge me today because <laughs> you all love me. But last week, um, last week I was in uh, Vegas for work. I had work meetings all last week, and it was one of my coworkers' birthdays. So us ladies, some of us ladies, decided to go to the Circa... Circus of Life. Yeah, that thing. Now, I, none of us had ever been to one, 
but I have heard really good things about it. Like they're, you know, that it was a really good show. Like I thought it was just some acrobats, you know, doing all these fun, crazy things that your body's not supposed to be able to do. And so we were all like looking forward to it. None of us had, had been to one before. So we go, and that's exactly how it started off. It was really fun. I was like, oh, my gosh, how do they do that stuff? It's so talented. They don't even have, like, they're not even holding on to, like, anything above, above them, you know? And, but then a comedian comes out. And, and you know, he, he starts picking on people in the audience in, in a very rated R type of way. And then my, my spirit's like, ooh, it's starting to get tight. You know, my heart is starting to get tight tighter and I'm with all these ladies you know that I work with and and then he 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 said something about the Bible and you ever like watching something on TV and you and you're with your kids and you're like close your eyes close your eyes I was literally like no 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 I can't hear you I can't hear you I can't hear you please 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 Jesus 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 but I didn't leave oh, and I felt so horrible about that because I just you know the atmosphere I didn't want to walk out in front of them and I knew my spirit told me to leave. And had I left, that would have been the perfect example of what practicing and growing in righteousness looks like. Yeah, yeah. We're responsible for that. Our goal should always be to get to know God better, better, and better. Amen. And I want to personally, I want to be so disgusted with sin I want to be so disgusted with sin that I always walk in the boldness and the confidence to not care what anybody else thinks but only God. We are responsible to wear it, to bear it, and to grow it. That's good. We are made righteous in Christ. So, what we're going to do is we're going to... We want to close today with our opening scripture. What I want to do is I want to, I want to preface the verse before that. And so in that, Paul says, it's Philippians 3, 19 through 20. And it says, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. I read a story of a senior citizen who was, uh, who was driving on the highway when his cell phone rang through his Bluetooth in his, his car. And um, he, he pushed the button, and he answered it, and it was his lovely wife. And the elderly man's wife urgently warned him, She said, listen, I heard on the news that there was a car that was going the wrong way on Highway 401, and I know that that's the road that you come home on, so I'm just telling you to be be really careful. And so the elderly man, he replies to his wife, he said, honey, you won't believe it. It's not just one car going the wrong way. There's hundreds of them. In in that text in Philippians, Paul, what he's doing is he's pointing out that there's two kinds of people in this world, right? There's those that go with the flow of traffic, 
and those that go against the flow of traffic. There's those people that have their eyes set on this world and its ways and its pleasures and they live accordingly. And then there's us that have our eyes set on heaven and its ways and we live accordingly. As citizens and children, our inheritance, our right is guarded, it's kept, it's protected. It'll, it'll, it'll never depreciate, it'll never lose its value. And that, what that does is it gives us hope every single day to deal with the things that we deal with in life here on earth. The best gift our heavenly citizenship our best gift is having God the Father, the King of Heaven, right here with us, right now. It ain't just through a text message, it's not just through a, a FaceTime video chat. Our King is alive. Our King is alive and He's here right now. And it's all because of Jesus and the cross. It's all because of Jesus in the cross. When we forget our rights, what you do is you start to act like those that are just surrounded by it. You begin to go with the flow of traffic. It's easy to do. But like I said, it isn't until you get in the presence of the person, Jesus, and allow him to transform your heart, transform your mind, you'll know you need to make a U-turn. Our heavenly citizenship doesn't change. No one can vote our king out. We can be confident that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? It ain't like here on earth. Here on earth, our rights can change with the next election. We could, we could lose our right to vote. You, can, you lose your right to bear arms. But this right here, this word, his word, his truth, it will never, ever change. You can stand on the word of God. It is a firm foundation, amen? So again, we ask you today, are you living more under the citizenship of the United States? Or are you living more under your heavenly citizenship? If it isn't the latter, then I pray today that you get homesick. So what we want to do before we move forward is we want everybody to stand up. And we want to celebrate our peace. We want to celebrate our righteousness. We want to celebrate that we are different. We want to celebrate that we drive in the opposite direction. Right? And we want to celebrate that we are children of the Most High God. Celebrate your power. Celebrate your authority. Let's celebrate our risen King. Amen.
Listen. Hundreds of times before that. When the doors open, I said, It took my breath away. It took my breath away. She was so beautiful. She was so lovely. And I know as hard as it is to believe, the creator of this universe, God Almighty, when he looks at you, he says, he takes his breath away because he sees you so beautifully so wonderful even though he made you he looks at you he's like you are wonderfully made you are beautiful and he just wants you for himself he can't wait for you to come back home Today, what I want to do is, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I know some people are only here because of Easter, and that's okay. But if you have never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life. We try to bear it all. We try to hold it, hold it all together ourselves, but we cannot do life without Jesus. So I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. We're going to have some people up here to pray with you, pray for you. But if you've never done that, I just want every head bowed, every eye closed right now. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Transform me. Make me new. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. I promise from this day forth, I'll live for you. That's the first time you ever said that prayer. With your heart, I want to welcome you into the kingdom, into the kingdom, amen, into the family of God. He sees you you every day and he, he thinks that you are beautiful.
So I just want to thank all of you guys for coming here today. We're going to have some our pastors up here to pray for you. Some of our altar ministers. I hope to see all of your smiling faces here next week because we worship him every single Sunday. We don't just worship him on this Sunday. We worship him every single week. But I want to thank you for being here today. Remember this week to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. Amen. We'll see you all next week.